0: Hey, folks, Dylan Tanaka here, new radio media, real estate realities. Uh, summer's coming to an end. We're kind of excited. I'm here with David Sobel, my co-host, Emile Israeloff, and we have a special guest, Kevin Robbins, in studio today.
1: Yeah. It's uh, Hey, welcome, Kevin. Thanks, Thanks for Thanks joining for us. Emil, good to see you. Good morning. Emile, our dress code is going to change after the Labor Day holiday. Oh, right? excellent. We're going to go back to sport jackets.
0: Tuxedos
2: every Saturday morning.
1: <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. So... Um, what are you doing this holiday weekend?
2: We uh, we're traveling north. We're going to a wedding. We're Where? going to Black Lake. It's uh, up at the very tip of the Lower Peninsula, pretty much. Perfect. You have any
1: properties up there, Dylan? In Black not at Lake? this
2: time, thankfully.
1: No. It's not the Black Sea. Are you sure? Black <laughs>
2: Lake? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not leaving the continent. Okay, I've got to be uh, back by Tuesday to move my kid up to college.
1: You plenty of time. You could jet over to Black Sea. Perfect. Yeah. Anyways, Dylan, that was a great. Uh, it's one I was sharing with you guys earlier. Um, Dylan had this event, the uh, Macomb REI uh, Investors Forum. And how many people were there, Dylan? It yeah, was we had about 50, 50 folks there. On a beautiful Thursday night, there was not a seat available in the house. That's excellent. And uh, well, it, it just really shows There's
2: value. There's right. value in these things. You know, associations for real estate investors. Absolutely. You know, you learn from your peers, and uh, that's the value in it. And, you know, you get professionals like yourself over there. Um, as an attorney, lenders, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll get Kevin over there because I think that some of the people that you're dealing with are ready to graduate from uh, single family investment to multifamily. Because uh-huh. um, we, you know, as a residential lender, we mm-hmm. can finance investment properties but only up to four units. Once you go five units or greater, mm-hmm. that becomes a commercial. Sure.
1: And that's what Kevin does. That's what Kevin's right. here for commercial real estate finance. You got it. Yep. Okay. What's the name of your company?
3: Bay Point Financial Services. I
1: actually know that, but we just want the audience to know. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: Okay, and before we even get started, yeah. Kevin, let us know. Let let the folks know how to how to get in touch with you.
3: Sure. Our contact information is on our website, which is baypointfs.com. and so you have got three offices. Uh, so you all the contact information is on there: email addresses, LinkedIn links, all of that. Perfect. So that's really the best way to. Um, plus, we got bios on there. Properties we've closed, programs, summaries, just a wealth of information, testimonials. So it's a, it's a really good site for people to get familiar with us.
1: Okay. So like Emil was saying, most people are, you know, we deal a lot with smaller real estate investors, but there are those mm-hmm. people who are uh, graduating, per <coughs> are saying, to commercial mixed-use properties, um, you know, small commercial buildings, et cetera. That's, I mean, that's what I deal with sure. usually, uh, a range of around uh, maybe 500 to $2 million properties. Uh, but today's show, we want to kind of talk about what people can expect, what they need to know about working with a commercial real estate lender, or how they go about, you know, uh, understand the distinctions and the, the needs uh, of Getting the Getting their financials right. prepared. Sure. Exactly. So um, are you pretty busy right now? or Very busy. Yeah, yeah. In Michigan? Because you say you, you have a quite a few offices. Uh, you do a lot in Michigan
3: right now? Yeah, primarily we work in the southeast and the midwest. Mm-hmm. We've done loans in probably 20 states, but that's where the bulk of our, our business is, yeah.
1: What's the property type that you're
3: I'm working with? We do a ton of hotels, uh, multifamily properties. We'll do self-storage, uh self storage. parks. Self-storage?
1: You know, self storage was like really great, and then uh, when the market tanked, everybody got killed in self storage. I think it's coming it's back though. Yeah. Back. Guys I in the, the um, so. I
0: have quite a few investors in the in the, in the, the plazas. They're taking the old grocery stores, turning them into self storage right now. Yeah, they, they are. In trampoline parks, trampoline trampoline parks, parks. Yeah. Uh, swimming pools,
1: <laughs> swimming. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Goldfish
0: that. and aquatots mm-hmm. and. Yeah. Next oh, time I'm we going to join Aquatots. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great. Uh, next time we have Floyd on, we'll ask him about yeah. that because uh, him and I were talking on on Facebook about it. Yeah, during, doing some
1: messaging. So yeah. Floyd's a commercial uh, real estate guy, a, real, a broker. Hi, Floyd, if you're watching. And uh, Floyd is based in Atlanta, but he does a lot of property throughout the country, mostly strip malls that are being converted now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for these Gyms, less traditional yeah. use. Uh, you know, well, with gold. the
2: consolidation, all of these supermarkets. Right. You know, now they're all mega stores and just like we have in commerce where one, you know, they built a new Kroger before, you know, so they could just transition right into that one. And then they bought out the competition, which was Hiller's across the street. So now there's two huge empty stores, Mm -hmm. you know, and one of them turned into a trampoline
3: park. (laughs) Right. You can easily repurpose that into climate controlled self-storage. Sure. So, yeah, you see a lot of that. A uh,
0: a friend of mine's a higher up with uh, with Best Buy, and they're talking about taking these the bigger stores now and making quadrants and having I don't know who the other groups were, but just say a Bed Bath and Beyond and a Best Buy and Uh kind of shrinking that because the online presence. I mean, it's just.
2: But you know, if you if you go into any of these big box retailers' websites, they'll literally ship it to your house or to the store. You could go pick it up at the store. Sure, I've seen that with a Gardener White and Best Buy. They, you know, they brought in Gardner White Furniture to the Novi Best mm-hmm. Buy, and they split the space.
1: Sorry, you sing. Um, that's your phone. Is that a call? It's okay. Let us know if it let let us know if it's show related there, or if you got to get to Black Lake real soon. Maybe yeah, that's
0: Erwin uh, Con from uh, Gardner White. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Thanking <laughs> us for a <laughs> Thank free plug. For the plug.
1: <laughs> so let me ask you, Kevin. So you deal with a lot of properties who are uh, you see a lot of uh, properties that are being repurposed right now? Like people approaching you for. Financing for those type of end use,
3: or we do to an extent. Retail is not really our area of expertise. Okay, we, we do, and we do some office, retail, industrial, mm-hmm. but not as much as some of the other property types I mentioned. Re- retail is really, really where you're seeing the repurposing for mm-hmm. the most part, and so they're they're taking, like you talked about, older big box stores and just mm-hmm. trying to find any use for them. A lot of times, it's they're getting lower rents for whatever they're they're doing it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do see some of that. Just it's just not necessarily our our bread and butter.
1: What's your bread and butter?
3: So uh, we have clients that are uh, looking for hotel loans, either hotel development or permanent financing, multifamily. It could be uh, rehab for multifamily or permanent loan financing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't we don't typically utilize banks. That's not really our our go to source banks tend to borrow money short term and lend money short term. And so if someone's okay with like a three year or five year fixed loan, a shorter term amortization, mm-hmm. they're a good fit for a bank. A lot of our clients want longer term fixed loans, they want 25 30 year amortization schedules, sure. so is that
1: like SBA financing. then? Uh,
3: well, we'll take them to sometimes life insurance companies right. or commercial mortgage backed securities lenders, where they pool the <coughs> loans, and they sell them <coughs> off to investors. You can get features like cash out that you might be able to a bank might not be open to. Um, you can get non-recourse where they don't have to sign a personal guarantee. So features like that, so a lot of real estate investors find attractive.
1: Yeah, so those uh, non-recourse loans, how, how much uh, more expensive are they to get than, let's say, a uh, regular I guaranteed loan? What's, what's the premium on that?
3: There's not really a premium no, at no. all. You might right now at a bank, a typical conventional loan, you might get 5%. I can get you five percent on a ten-year fixed with a thirty-year amortization with a non-recourse loan. Mm-hmm. It's just a different, it's just a whole different product. I think together. it's more
2: on the security securitization end, right? With the recourse and non-recourse. When when they chop it up and sell it to a pool, mm-hmm. that I think that recourse issue becomes an issue for them on that secondary market.
3: Yeah. So the the re, they they structure around it by doing things that a bank wouldn't do, and this is some of the drawbacks of those loans. But mm-hmm. generally, our clients are fine with them, so they'll since they don't have any personal guarantees they'll force them to put aside money for replacement reserves mm-hmm. that they have to draw on to keep the property in good condition right that way if they do go into foreclosure and they don't have a personal guarantee to go after at least they have a nice property sure. that has been improved so there's features like that that kind of protect the lender mm-hmm. but the borrowers are typically okay with it they want to take care of the properties anyway so sure. it's kind of like a savings account right that makes sense yeah
1: does uh lakeshore do a lot of commercial loans that
3: no, I'm not sure, but uh, Lake Michigan. I mean, Grand Lake East.
2: Michigan. I apologize, <laughs> <laughs> Lake Michigan. Part. I know. I am I'm thinking. Go to go to I'm Lake going to Lakeshore, Lakeshore <laughs> this this
1: weekend. I'm going to Grand Haven, so I'm thinking <laughs> nice. of the Lakeshore. We were just there last yeah. week. It yeah. was beautiful. So back to um, the question.
2: So we do, and we're comfortable with a certain product type and mm. certain. You know, like we just expanded our commercial department in Southeast Michigan. So if uh, if it's an area we know well, and we have an appetite for certain types of products, maybe not. You know like he like kevin put a great you know the most competitive product with us is going to be a five year or seven year rate lock on a 15 or 20 year amortization mm-hmm. um where kevin can draw out you know a true multifamily loan and sell it to the secondary market we keep all of our loans so any loan that we do we're going to be the lender the servicer on it so the commercial department and our like i said we have a comfort level with certain types of products. We like to do a lot of, um, you know, if one of our clients uh, is a two-and-die shop, we like to finance the real estate the factory. Sure. You know, but on the investment side, we're not as active as, you know, I call Kevin with proposals like that all the time. Just right. Just so my clients have an outlet.
1: So, like, renovation, I heard you say renovation loans. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of our viewers and listeners who are uh, dabbling in commercial real estate, I would think that that would be an appropriate uh, topic to briefly discuss, which is how do people go about financing a, a renovation or renovating a property that they like to you know get financed?
3: Well, there's a growing space in the commercial real estate finance industry called bridge lending, probably the fastest growing space. Mm-hmm. And these are kind of a go-between where you're you're not paying you're not getting a conventional some banks do do bridge loans, but a lot of these lenders will price, say, 6 to 9%. So it's not like you're paying hard money rates at 10%, 12%, kind of that in-between space. But okay. <coughs> they'll give you interest only for three years and very limited prepayment penalty. So if your play is to flip a property or if you just want to stabilize it and eventually take it to the permanent market for financing, that's a really good product to use. Now, lenders are, are not just... Those lenders tend to really understand real estate, so they're going to w- want to really know what's your experience level in doing these deals. How much liquidity do you have to fall back on if things don't? If you're pro- what, what your loan amount are you
0: talking about, Kevin, for our listeners?
3: I mean, you can do them. Uh, like I said, we typically do five hundred thousand and above. Okay. Really, if you you could once you get below five hundred thousand, that's where you're dealing typically exclusively with credit unions and banks. And they do do have some bridge products. Most bridge lenders that will do regional, national loans are going to be usually 500 to a million minimum loan amounts. And like I said, they'll they'll structure it like a short-term deal, easy to get in, not a lot of red tape, easy to get out. But as long as you have shown some track record of doing it, they're not going to do that for a first-time investor. Right, right. Someone's, I want to buy a six-unit property and... the cash flow's nowhere yeah, the going to These are custom the debt. products right. that you
0: guys build around the investor and yeah. the the property itself. So this isn't, you know, like walking into Lake
3: Michigan and just saying, "Hey, I need this big crazy loan." Yeah. No, it's absolutely custom. We've got a lot of sources available for it. So some groups prefer short certain, certain property types, certain sure. regions, certain loan sizes, and so you got to find the right fit for the right investor. And they're a, they're a great tool for people that know their end game, they know their exit strategy, and they can put together a good business plan. And so it's a it's a really popular part of the market right now because lenders are getting better yields on those loans. Sure. So that's why you see a lot of lenders going into that space right now. It could be high net worth individuals, hedge funds, pension funds that are, are wanting to get those higher yields, and that's where they're putting their money right now. Mm.
0: That's that's why investors come to you. David always says, you know, we're we're surgeons in our own in our own respective uh, space in real estate, and that's why an investor would call you because you can come up with a program that I... isn't on paper right sure. now.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we have very creative financing options. For example, we deal with life insurance companies a lot. Life insurance companies can really look at your individual situation. They tend to give the best interest rates in the market. They're more conservative in terms right. of loan of values, but they can look at it and say, okay, you may be missing here. This might be a, a really negative attribute, but over here, we can balance that out with this and we can get creative in terms of how we structure it. We can do a three-year fix followed by a seven-year floating rate with a 20-year, whatever it is. Mm-hmm do it at an aggressive rate, maybe limit recourse or have no recourse. So you have limited or no personal guarantees. And so just um, different ways to really uh, fit exactly what the investors or the business owner is looking for.
2: It's just gotta get you to the next step in your business plan. And then, you know, if, you, if that lender, for instance, just only gave you three years, well, after three years, you have that option to shop that around, yeah. come back to you. You know, shop it around to them, see what better deals are out there. Yep. Um, how many times we've got? It. We've got time. All right. So, walk You know, so we're an investment group. Mm-hmm. Find a building for eight hundred thousand dollars. It needs about two hundred dollars in lipstick. Two hundred $200,000. Not two hundred. dollars. Two hundred thousand dollars. We can. I it, can handle you know, that right it dressed, now. To get it dressed up, right? Yeah. So, what are you know? What would be the next step? So, you know, we get a contractor, but from a financial world, how, how would you structure that? Like $800,000 acquisition costs, 200000 in improvements, and we want it, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, whether it's a bridge loan for the improvements, how would you structure something like that?
3: Well, if there's already existing income and that's going to help to service the debt while you're doing what you're doing, then we could go towards a more lower rate conventional type product. If it's a vacant property and you're saying, hey, I've got it's a great location, it's a good property, I really can get it in good shape for 200000 uh, but we've got no income currently, then we're going to have to pivot towards some of the more higher risk uh, bridge type financing, uh, like on the higher end of the spectrum in terms of the interest rate spectrum. So it really depends on the fundamentals of the property when you're acquiring it as to what, what product we put you into. But typically, we can get you up to, we'll look at total project costs. So we'll look at your purchase price, the improvements, and the closing costs. We have lenders that will do upwards of 80% of all of that. Uh, they'll look at your loan to cost going in, and then they'll also look at the loan to value on the appraisal once it's completed, once it's stabilized, and they'll compare all those metrics to determine exactly where they're going to lend. But we have sources anywhere from, say, 65 to 80% financing for something like that. Oh, wow. And so... Definitely. Depends how many
2: trampolines two hundred thousand can buy. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's similar to our you know renovation loan product right. that we mm-hmm. have for single family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know our down payment requirements are only five percent, but theoretically, if we were putting twenty percent down on a house and needed money for improvements, we take the the loan to cost ratio, and that you know as long as it doesn't dip below the appraised value, and we would do it the same way. So it's not. It's interesting to know okay. that there's. I hear a lot of flexibility
1: in these types of loans, I mean, it used to be, you know, there was a, I'm familiar with another company, very familiar with another company, share a similar name to your company, Mm -hmm. and they, you know, they kind of operate like a, you know, subprime lender where they have certain criteria and their their portfolio programs were not very good, you either fit in these, uh, you know, (coughs) categories or you didn't, and now what I'm hearing From you, you know, I I do a a lot of SBA financing uh, where I'm the actual attorney reviewing this stuff, but Mm -hmm. I'm very familiar with it. Uh, What I'm hearing from you is that you you shop your broker, your commercial real estate broker, a finance broker. Nothing wrong with that. Brokers are extremely important to the, you know, the economy, uh, to the industry. And so you shop this loan out for the best deal for your client. Absolutely. Right. And so you can tailor any type of, almost any type of loan. Yeah, For, you know, so long as the request is reasonable.
3: Yeah. Right. Yeah. One reason I chose to be a broker and and own a brokerage was because of the flexibility that it provides. You have times where certain loan products become not completely unavailable, but for various reasons Mm -hmm. could be government guaranteed programs and the government's pulling back on them. Or commercial mortgage-backed securities market is, uh, for example, during the Great Recession, essentially shut down. So we can really pivot to whatever, wherever the money is mm-hmm. at that time. Super important
0: for flexibility uh, yeah. with real estate investors. But we're going to go to commercial, guys. So we'll be back. Real Estate Realities, new radio media.
1: Hey, welcome back. Dave Sobel with Emil Israelov, Dylan Tanaka. And uh, we're here with New Radio Media and Real Estate Realities. Our guest is uh, Kevin Robbins. And uh, thanks, Kevin, for joining us again. Hey, listen, real briefly, we were, before commercial, we were talking about like flexibility and financing. A lot of the people that we encounter on a regular basis, I know that you go up to like $25 million, even higher on loans, but a lot of our clientele... Uh, is more like medium, small to medium investors who are looking for multifamily uh, properties and mixed-use commercial properties. Uh, Average, I know my average would be around uh, up to 2 million. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing that they should do besides go to an attorney and go to their realtor if they're finding a realtor, you know, using a realtor for the property? What do they do? How do they find you in general? Like, do they uh, just go online and go, oh, Bay Point? Or are they usually referred to you? What do they do once they're, you know, they find you when how they start hunting When is right. the time what to find it, what you what is the sorry but uh, what's what's the process and how to how to get with you and what do you what do you start working on right sure. away
3: so we're blessed in that we're exclusively referral based at this point we uh-huh. don't do any marketing really so uh we've just got a kind of a network of clients past clients we do business for and then they'll okay. refer us uh, family members or friends or whatnot mm-hmm. so we have plenty of clients that we've worked with that sometimes they'll look at a dozen properties before they pick one you know they're very selective and so they will target a property collect the financials so on multifamily typically we just need profit and loss statements for the past three years and a rent roll roll. and that'll give us enough to run with Mm To so we'll take it we will normalize the figures because you can't just take it at face value so we know nationally what lenders are going to underwrite apartments at they're going to plug in certain things because they know what the data looks like vacancy rates and repair rates that sort of thing management fees someone might be running and say hey i I don't i run it myself i don't have an on-site manager well a lender is going to say how much is it going to cost me for an on-site manager sure okay you put hardly anything into repairs and maintenance well we know to keep this property in good condition you're gonna so they'll normalize all the we'll we'll kind of work through that analysis because we know how to do it very well and then we'll go back to our client and say okay we think it would support this loan amount and based on the net operating income at, at, a, at a decent cap rate, kind of here's what this property should be selling for, and then they can make a decision, is this something they want to make a move on. Basically, so no, I'm sorry, go
0: ahead. No, go ahead, Dylan. I was going to say for your, your borrowers or prospective borrowers, almost to make a presentation to the investors who are going to lend on that on that property.
3: Yes, absolutely. So we'll put together analysis for the borrower, and then if they say, okay, that makes sense, and we say we, we, can, we can get you X financing, and they say, okay, then at that point we take it to market. And uh, start arranging proposals for them.
2: Is that still called an executive loan summary? Yeah, that's. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Back in the day <laughs> when I was okay. a mortgage broker, it I is, did some yeah.
2: commercial deals, yeah. and you know, I took a full day, you know, two-day seminar on packaging a commercial deal, and it taught us how to figure out, you know, NOI and. You know, yeah. put that loan summary together. That's how I knew. You know, you have to budget in a management fee because if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, somebody's still gotta exactly. I like. I property. love the
1: word, the industry word, normalize, which basically <laughs> means we're gonna vet all the lies <laughs> that you just told us about yeah. this property. <laughs> we right? know more than you do. Right? Yeah, it's my favorite. You're gonna normalize this. <laughs> Sanitize. Kevin, what? What
2: about development loans? Um, experienced. Um, I only ask because I get poached by this every day experienced uh, residential developer and, uh, you know, has a piece of property, has done this multiple times, wants a development loan. Is that something you guys do or is that something, again, go back to the local lender? I know we do it up to a certain appetite level. Yeah. And
3: is that anything you guys get involved in? That's not our, I wouldn't call it our bread and butter. We, we as of recent, are doing a lot more of those because we're really limited in the sense that we will do them through the SBA, okay? but they have to be owner-occupied through the SBA. SBA does allow for hotels, does allow for self-storage, but other than that, if it's office, retail, you have to be occupying more than 50% of the space. So if that's the case, we can do a construction loan for you. No, um, I mean, like, I'm building a condo complex. Yeah, so apartments, will typically have to do through the HUD program, which is a phenomenal program. Sure. The best in the country. You can get a forty-year fixed interest rate. Wow. We had a thirty-five-year
0: uh, AM and a thirty-year fixed. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. When on we the, bought on our
0: apartment building.
3: Yeah, you do thirty-five for an acquisition or forty for new construction, and so we've got a thirty million-dollar project going through that program right now in Georgia. So it's it's a phenomenal program, but it does take about a year to close, mm-hmm. wow. and there are there are some. I won't bore you with the details, but there you got to. It's a lot of work it's a lot of work you got to conform to a lot you have to if you don't have HUD experience you have to build a team around you that does your architect your GC they all have to know HUD pretty well because you really have to know how to get through the process but it's a phenomenal program outside of that when it comes to construction if you come to me and you say hey I want to I want to build a 10-unit neighborhood strip mall well that's really going to be a better fit for your neighborhood bank or credit union your relationship type lender we don't have national sources that are chasing those types of deals. So I've, we've done them occasionally. We'll certainly shop, and we can arrange that financing for someone. But again, if they have a good relationship with a local lender, then that might be the best fit for Seems
0: like, like there's that. always been an uneasiness with residential developers. Somebody just brought me a 42 acre parcel in uh, outside of uh, in Oakland County, and he's looking for uh, looking for some money. Mm-hmm. It a always mail. it always seems to almost be private a lot of times. But
2: are The lot's already developed. No, oh, yeah. Well, we still Forget no. But we'll look. We'll mail. look at. We'll look at that. It's project. in Rochester. That's strong. We'll, we'll right? definitely look at that. If they're an experienced builder, that's we. we it's do not in Royal
0: Oak Township. So it's in Rochester. <laughs> so <laughs> there Oak may Township. be some value to the dirt, but you know it, may, it makes lenders and banks nervous because <laughs> there's so many variables that can go wrong, especially sure. in residential versus yeah. the true history. commercial. Yeah,
1: yeah there's a, a recent history of the uncomfortable. No, they're uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not. Right, right. Yeah,
2: it's still, the, the wounds are still a little That's fresh right. for a lot oh, of exactly. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but residential development, it really doesn't, you know, the cost of building has increased. Sure, a lot. And if you have, you know, they've got to be experienced and, you know, proven track record, you know, back to the proven resource. They've got to have the, uh, they've got to have the experience.
1: You know, I'd like to know. I always, I like, you know, it's, it's the weekend. During the week, I'm so serious. And on the weekend, I like to kind of lighten up a little bit. So. Tell me, you know, just a recent funny story with, you know, your your experience in lending, you know, a client, et cetera. Do you have anything recent, funny? I mean, no, um, I, I can give you a million of them, but <laughs> I'll let you. You're, <laughs> my, you're our <laughs> guest, so, so I'm going to ask you. Yeah,
3: I, I guess I'm trying to think of something. Well, we. You don't have to make it up. Just. <laughs> 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 I mean, we have. You know, we're, we're blessed in that a lot of our clients, like I said, are, 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 are long-standing. Solid people. And so they, right. they're, they're not going to come with some crazy out of the,
0: we do get – or Yeah, you know, tell us one of the crazy ideas that an right. entrepreneur has had. We love to hear those. Well, one,
3: one a question we get quite often, uh-huh. and I think something people have to understand, is that it doesn't matter what the property is worth. Don't ever call a banker or a broker and say, hey, I got this – I found this $3 million property, okay, and I'm, they're going to sell it to me for $2 million. So look at the great deal you're getting. getting Hundred (laughs) percent financing. and, And and you know, you're you're getting a great deal, I'm getting a great deal and No, that will never happen.
1: Do you ever (laughs) respond like really excited? let's do it. Where's your (laughs) skin (laughs) in the
3: game? (laughs) I'll bring my checkbook. I'll meet you there. You know, it very well may value at $3 million, but lenders want skin in the game. So it doesn't matter what it's going to appraise at. They want you to have, if it's 30%, 20%, whatever it is, you're putting that cash in. They're not going to let you buy anything without, especially coming out of the Great Recession and some of the things that happened during that period.
1: The, the wounds are still very fresh. Very fresh. And, yeah. um, I mean, the the media is talking, you know, financial media is talking quite a bit about uh, coming, uh, you know, slow down, which um, I'm starting to see a little bit with regards to residential real estate. But um, I'm, I'm really not that in tune with commercial real estate, so I don't know. How about office buildings? Like, for a while, office buildings, okay. you know, uh, commercial buildings, let's say, have, I don't know, uh, hundred units let's say there for a while people were you know saying that these units were kind of passe that we shouldn't be investing in them because most office uh, people are going online they're they're commuting online it's contracting and so it's not really a good investment but all of a sudden now this is a very hot area again I see a lot of properties selling we just
0: had a guest who just bought a building in Southfield and he's redeveloping into office I think it was office but he's He's validated trampoline store. Right. <laughs> bringing it to the twenty eighteen excitement. Right,
1: right. So I mean, there's this trend. Like at one point they said, Oh, office space, you know, don't don't do it. Open floor plans. Actually now I'm, I'm seeing articles, open floor plans are not, yeah. not what they thought they should be. Sure. Do, right? Right. It's right? A People a bad aren't getting move. their work done right. for right. some yeah, reason. Yeah, they're playing nerf football instead know, of actually calling right. clients. Isn't that kind of crazy? But yeah. uh, you know, so Office buildings seem to be back on the upswing yeah. again, right? But th- did it slow down for a little bit there for you? It or?
3: did, yeah. I'd say at this point, multifamily is still very hot. Office has been picking up. Right. Retail is, of course, shaky. Uh, in the, you've had a, a, a change now where lenders really like your smaller service-based type shops, so your mm-hmm. barbershops and and. Uh, Computer repair store, subways, f- and sure, computer, right. yeah, things like that that you are Amazon resistant. Owner right. operated, <laughs> basically. Floyd you know, said, said,
2: said the same right, exact Floyd thing. If you're a
0: nail thing. salon, if you know, so yeah, it's got to right. be operational based business. Mm-hmm. But if okay. you're a if
3: you're a power center, big box, you've got staples and things like that. That's right. where people really start getting. Those
1: grocery. big anchor yeah. stores at one time people couldn't, you know, they were chasing. Starbucks after is them
3: now the not. anchor. Yeah, yeah. Is that crazy? Starbucks is the anchor.
0: Right. It's amazing how things change.
3: Even grocery. Anchored, which used to be golden now because of Amazon kind of getting into that sure. market and some of the earnings being down for some of these grocers. Uh-huh. You're seeing those even do the super center,
0: super center groceries, grocers kind of st- change that a little bit, like the super
3: Kroger or super Meyer, you know, here in Michigan. Do you think, or well, it's really, it's really at this point, grocer by grocer, like Southeastern okay. Grocers has been having a lot of trouble. You know, Kroger is still doing okay, but they're trying uh-huh. to. They're trying to adapt. You know, they've yeah, got they're, they're starting these sure. home delivery services and things right. like that. So they're doing what they can to kind of keep up with the whole Whole trying whole to be a little higher end. Clicklist,
1: like, yeah, click yeah, used right. Clicklist. Yeah. Myers had something. We're not plugging these stores, no, but, no, but yeah. I, you know, it's funny. We, uh, I had this conversation with my wife. Uh, I think yesterday, if you go into Whole Foods right now, she feels like it's all been like sanitized to Amazon. Like, things have changed. They don't make the food anymore locally. i should pick d- up my vitamins yeah. and
2: an iPhone charger. Right. At <laughs> home? No. A,
1: a, can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> let There you go. So the yeah. vitamins, yeah, but I wouldn't expect, like,
2: an iPhone charger. Oh, they're going to carry you. Right. They're building a distribution network. Right. That's
1: all. all Listen,
0: you guys have seen this for People's sure, company, but I was at yeah. the airport, and it used to be, at, like, at Neiman's and all this stuff, but uh, there was $300 Beats headphones at the airport okay. through a Best Buy kiosk.
2: Wow. Yeah.
1: They have the vending machines. it's
0: unbelievable right.
1: no. things yeah. change no do you lend on kiosk no <laughs>
0: We're yeah we're looking for kiosk financing that's right <laughs> <laughs> we've got kiosks worth three million we're buying
3: for two <laughs> <laughs> i've seen where they're selling cars now in vending machines have you seen really? yes yes yeah. how do they get it out of it Car- yeah. Carvana. yeah, Carvana. yeah. it's like a it's
2: it's like a tower of like garage slots and it's like a you know something back in the old hard drive bays. Right, the, right. <laughs> it looks like from the lawnmower, man. The, the There's hard, really something like that? Hard there yeah, is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where
1: is it located? Not in Michigan, for, I think for Atlanta
3: sure. and cities like that. There's no
2: the Porsche design tower in Miami uh-huh. also. You can buy a condo for millions of dollars, and you pull into a garage, and it takes your car up to your floor, yeah. and you drive into that's your a, own. That's amazing. On the 28th floor, you've got a garage. Well, you need there. that
1: because in a couple of years, there'll be a lot of water in the base, <laughs> right. <laughs> so... That's that's not, not not a bad idea. That's again for that type of financing, you got to go to Kevin because
2: it's very unique. I don't know, man. Right? You know, I think the cheapest unit in the building is like six million dollars really? for the ground floor. I, wow. I can't imagine. What Pretty cost, amazing. Oh, very good. You want to take it out, Emil? Go ahead. Sure. You're listening to Real Estate Realities on News Radio, New Radio Media with Dylan Tanaka, myself, Emil Zrelo, David Sobel, and our guest today from Baypoint Financial Services, Kevin Robbins. We'll be right back.
3: NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248-939-9999 for more information. Hi, I'm
2: Art and we're the crew at Tuffy Walled Lake. We've been in Walled Lake for 20 years and through our knowledgeable staff and customer satisfaction we've become quite the cornerstone in our community and to our discerning customers statewide. We know how important your vehicle is to you and we take pride in our impeccable affordable service and we're trying to get you back on the road as quickly and safely as we possibly can. Please stop in and see why everybody comes from all over to get
3: their car serviced at 784 North Pontiac Trail in Wild Lake. Detroit, it's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from four to five, for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on newradiomedia.com.
1: how I look in the morning on Saturdays before I get here. <laughs> That's how I feel. Hey, uh, new radio media, Dave Sobel with Dylan Tanaka, Emil Israelov, our guest Kevin Robbins, and uh, this is Real Estate Realities. So we were talking uh, during the break about other services that need to occur, things that have to happen when you get financing and, and you close. And that is uh, a very important one, which is environmental mm-hmm. uh, studies. And uh, what other studies? But environmental is a, a huge one. Big one. Right. critical. Yeah. yeah, critical. You won't close. Uh, explain to the audience, uh, whoever's out there on Labor Day weekend, <laughs> what <laughs> environmental uh, studies means.
3: So on a, on a basic level, a lender will order a database check if it's a very low risk property. Mm-hmm. Most lenders just order what we call a phase one environmental reports. But on a basic level, they'll see if they can get by sometimes with a database check. Uh, but I would say... 90% of our loans goes directly to a phase one. So an engineer will come out, they'll inspect the property, they'll check all the database records. If there's any signs that there might be contamination in the property or possibly from an adjacent property, mm-hmm. then they could order a phase two, mm-hmm. which involves uh, someone coming out actually putting borings in the ground. Sure. taking drilling those. holes in the
0: ground, basically. Yeah,
3: and it takes about three weeks to get through. They test it, and then they determine whether or not there are Contaminants and what it would take to get rid of them, and mm. are they a danger to groundwater, things like that. So, that's critical because if a lender lends on a property that has environmental contamination, they they can actually become implicated in that. So it's right. just a very. A lot of them will just walk away. I wonder
0: forever. how it works in Macomb County. Implicated some of the, some is of the properties liable. I know about over right. there that have changed right. had change of usage. Sure. Well, you know the rose gardens. Right. Fifty years, seventy years. Right. I I, I, spraying I do spraying re- those flowers now. There's homes on there.
1: Sure. Did uh, did they ever do a like a environmental sure test? I'm sure they did. But, but it, well, well, the rose was it a cemetery?
0: Mount Clemens Rose Gardens was like a famous uh, oh, no, greenhouse but, right. <laughs> okay. forever. Okay. okay. Now there's homes where they used to you know spray all that stuff on the flowers. Yeah. Well, I oh, mean, there's areas where I grew up over at, there.
1: in uh, Southfield that have high high rates of cancer in mm-hmm. certain areas that wow. you know, subdivisions because of uh, former farming practices. Sure. In those oh, areas. Wow. So you you know in Southeast Michigan because so much there's so much industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was at the banks, of course, we had to have an environmental every time we did any type yeah. of loss mitigation or uh, foreclosure on these commercial properties, and you'd have to have your environmental test. And there were times that stuff would come back and you'd be like, wait a minute, this building is located here. Sure. How is it that we'd have, you know, have to have mm-hmm. a phase two or that we're possibly liable well, for you this? Got three gas stations in the you know, intersection. Timber, <laughs> 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 right. Right. <I> every... <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny for those people who don't know, like half the loans that went bad in Southeast Michigan Ugh. were based on on gas stations and convenience stores, right? Yeah. A lot of them. But no, uh, you know uh, dry cleaning companies yeah. are, are big. That's the service industry. dry cleaners absolutely. Um, I think the bi- the one with that I was dealing with, for some reason, there was like a timber treatment plant hmm. uh, up between uh, here and like Flint, and uh, the building I was in charge of they had creosote or something it was in all the uh, you know throughout the, all the acreage oh wow, and we could not foreclose on this building because it had seeped into the property yeah and so yeah it's really important but i'm dealing with one right now uh, for a client who's i think i shared with you earlier who's buying a uh, a government a former government building and there's possible asbestos contamination and so uh very, I think, appropriate for this show. We deal with a lot of Detroit investors, people going into Detroit and buying homes, uh, either residential or they're buying small commercial properties. If they're older buildings, they may not be candidates for your type of loan program. I understand that because you're dealing with half million or more. But these people who are investors also expose themselves to certain liability, especially with lead paint, um, which is huge. Cut. A lot of landlords. We we were ta- did we talk about this last Thursday? I think we did. Uh, landlord a lot of landlords we heard oh in Detroit yeah, yeah Detroit yeah. landlords uh, you were the I,
0: one. I know guys with um, multiple thousands of residential properties and they're selling out because the city is really cracking down on uh, but anything that was paint. built lead prior to paint. 79 yeah, is subject to but that we we have have to, right. That's, that's, that's right, right. they need to, to be remediated. lead free right. in, in, de- in the city of Detroit and they've given you like six months for these different zones hmm. and one of the um, one of the investors I know who has multiple properties he was averaging around 3500 per property to make it lead free they didn't do anything they just did extra cleaning and making sure that it wasn't showing up on certain tests like by the windows and that type of thing. Multiply that by 700 properties. They'd rather sell. Right. Because there's such huge liability. The liability is huge. So so if you have
1: a tenant, like if you're going to hold on to this property, actually, I don't know what the liability is if you touch it, not like, uh, you know, like a uh, environmental issue where you're on title and then there's a huge environmental problem. I'm not sure if a landlord uh, who takes from, you know, a former seller who Who's uh, you know had a lead paint in it? If they're going to be responsible for that, I don't know.
3: If you get yeah. what they call a baseline environmental assessment, Michigan, then you're not supposed to be. Really yeah, but that's for commercial. For commercial, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. for
1: commercial. I'm talking about residential. I, I we go, we do both here. Sure, yeah. but uh, you know it's very appropriate for a lot of our listening audience to. I know
2: choose. in the city of Detroit, they allow you to hire from a list of independent inspectors. Is Their list, though, yeah, Their they list. they just it all came out
0: in 2018. It's yeah, a, It's, it's a big very deal. recent. Because very I mean, very recent. If you're
1: from let's let's see, uh, I have quite a few people out. West, who are buying properties here, so I have a couple from Seattle. Oh, they can't wait to buy these properties, and they're just picking them up, you know. And I'm like, you know, you need to do some due diligence. No, 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 David, close it, close it. Well, you have a title issue here. No, 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 close (laughs) it. It's like, okay, I need you to waive this condition here. (laughs) You know, you're going to release me a liability, but you want to close it. But they don't realize it's not just the stuff that you can see now, even title issues. It's these environmental issues uh, that can pop up. Sure, lead paint is recent. Uh, It's not that it's recent. It's just that now the, way the, that the city enforcing is choosing to handle it. Right. Dugan,
0: he's in Which one way. Which right? It's the right he's thing doing, to do. He's doing the right thing, and what, right. what the big fear is that you could have a tenant rent your property, and they, the child or, or an adult, got lead poison from another property. You can mm-hmm. never even ask them if they've had any lead issues. It's right. HIPAA, so they can come to your property now and play the game so you know that deal where it's a little scary
1: that deal that somebody comes to you and goes hey i got a great deal you know i'm getting it for two million when it's really three million <laughs> i right. should be asking the same thing if oh, i got a property for you know a thousand bucks yeah it's going to cost like five grand just to remediate you know the initial lead you know so it's not such a great investment
0: yeah one of my friends uh he's from new york he, he lives in california and, and he invests in texas oh, but yeah, uh, they, have all that. yeah uh, they have all kinds of crazy crazy stuff going on in those those states but he always says how do you pipe me in on some of those $500 Detroit houses. This is the Detroit guys. Like, it's unbelievable. Right. Said it's so much different than you right. guys see it on TV, right. you know.
1: I went to look at a $500 house. I drove up to it. <clears throat> I didn't get out of the car, and I drove away. It's not, you know, it's not always as you think it
0: is. Sometimes you have to sleep in your driveway when you're a landlord. <laughs> One of my home
1: inspectors always. I
0: mean, was Emil here for that yes. show? Yes. You remember? Yes. The yes. guy in England? <laughs> no, France. France.
1: France. France. He slept in France. the driveway nobody, in his car. That's how he determined if the, he was interested in the property. If nothing happened to him the night, you know, that night, <laughs> really? he would he would make an offer. The thing is, and he was a client of mine. He came in with a, a large group of investors from France. I don't know how they had any money in France left over to invest. <laughs> but he came over, and then uh, about a month later, I one of the guys from His group called and he's like, hey, we're looking for, you know, Jean-Claude. And I'm like, I I haven't seen him. But then I remembered in my mind that Jean-Claude was like sleeping on driveways (laughs) in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) That's his bellwether of determining whether or not a property was appropriate for their investing. It's just crazy. Now, one of my
2: past home inspectors used to always say, what you don't see is what you get.
1: That's a great line. It's true. Until you do the due diligence, right?
2: And especially when you're buying properties that were constructed in the 30s, 40s, yeah. 50s, you know, uh-huh. back then construction standards were different, health codes were different. And
1: we're going to have a home inspector on the on the show yeah, in a soon. couple of weeks because now that
0: summer's over, they're they're all on their boats having fun right, right now. <laughs> right,
1: I, I'm I'm dreading uh, next week because now we got to wear suits or we got to look as good as Dylan does. He comes in with his sport jacket.
2: I tried dressing yeah. up today.
1: This is as good as it gets today, but. Um, let me ask you. You know, you're here for another 20 minutes. Uh, what is the one thing that people make a mistake, Kevin, when they come to you? I mean, it sounds like everybody who comes to you gets a loan. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Is that that's great marketing? You know, everybody. Who I, comes think to here, level, that, I think at his level, 100% of the game. Like, I think at financing. What do they I do wrong? Like I was a
3: subprime loan officer oh, back okay. in the day, okay. so okay. at that point, everyone that did come to me got a loan. <laughs> 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 it's <laughs> unfortunate too. Yeah.
1: Wait, so, you were doing residential mortgages for a while? For a few years, yeah, yeah. back around
3: 2001.
1: What's the big difference between a residential and commercial? Is it that, excuse me, uh, Emil, but is it that you actually now have to do real work?
2: <laughs> oh, I
1: was wow. apologizing. Oh, me too. <laughs> I apologize to you in advance. <laughs> Well, that
2: computers do worry. all that the underwriting. Okay. <laughs> Computers.
1: Right, I'm kidding. Emile. I know you. Emil breaks smoothies, Emile smoothies think, all day yeah. and posts <laughs> on Facebook. Emile Call Emile me breaks. for a loan. <laughs> 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 now, Emil breaks a sweat every time somebody comes with a loan app. I know you do a good job. Emile. Absolutely. I know. I'm just I kidding. Really appreciate you know. that. But I do know for commercial lending, it's much more involved. Yes, it's much more involved. It's not there's there's a lot as cookie cutter. With all due respect, we
2: have engines. So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac engines. You know they've they've. Created these risk assessment engines. Yeah. One's called Loan Product Advisor through mm-hmm. Freddie Mac and the other one's called Desktop Underwriter through Fannie Mae. And our job is to make sure that information's in there. It's all about data integrity. Right. There's an underwriting assessment that happens and, you know, calculates the risk and the eligibility for of the product mm-hmm. to be purchased by one of these investors. But, um, a commercial there's not such an animal for commercial you know that all has to go back in front of a human underwriter and right. you know somebody's got to really look at the ratios make sure but yeah it, residential underwriting there's you know unless you're dealing with a portfolio product which is a rules-based product mm-hmm. rather than a risk-based product and that's what these engines do on our end just like you were saying if you lack in one area but you have a compensating factor that outweighs that other risk you know that makes that deter that engine makes that determination, and we have to validate everything. That was an
1: excellent answer, and I'm really sorry to put you on the spot like That's that. That's okay. I apologize again. Like
2: no.
0: Lake Michigan Credit Union. Lake <laughs> Michigan Credit Union has a big name word? out there with, no, it's with investors. Yeah, it's I was just good. at another event, and a right. guy's on stage saying, I, "I told you the guy's name. You know who he is? One of your loan loan officers, and um, you know they're getting things done that nobody else can get done.
2: Right? Well, with investors, here's you know the thing with investors is. Um, you have to have a lender servicer because otherwise, some of these broker shops, you know, they can't make enough money to justify it on some of right. the size of the sure. transaction. So, with credit union like us, you know, you get the same rate, you know, on a conforming loan, whether it's forty thousand or mm-hmm. four hundred fifty-three thousand.
1: Right. And so I, I love working with credit unions. So. and yeah. you know, Who doesn't? Right.
2: I love working for one. Yeah, that's Because good. of that that's attitude. That.
1: That's not. It's true. I like local. Everything local. So um, getting back to you, Kevin, real quickly, uh, what is the one thing that people make mistakes on when they bring a deal to you?
3: Well, I think they have to understand that the underwriting focus is just very different with commercial. Mm-hmm. It's heavily focused on the property, not necessarily as much on the, on the borrower. And so from a bank, a bank's going to look at a borrower pretty closely because you've got different you know, regulatory guidelines you have to follow. We have loan products where you might not even get asked for a personal tax return. You know, they're just gonna want to background check. It's you. all about the horse, not right. the jockey in commercial. Yeah. Yep. So they they might they're gonna background check you for sure. They're mm-hmm. gonna look at your personal financial statement. They want a general idea on what you own. They may ask you for a scheduled real estate owner to get an idea on how your portfolio is performing, but other than that, they don't care if you're showing a million dollar loss on your tax return. They don't care how creative your accountant is, they're not paying attention right. to that. They're so looking at the based. property. Yeah. Right. So if you come to me and you say, I found the, the best property in the best location but it's not going to show enough income to service the debt payments, well, it's going to be an uphill battle. You know, we're going to have to take it to a different loan product because most of these lenders are very much cash flow based. Have a right. ton
0: in reserves possibly to offset.
3: Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to show that, again, you've got deep pockets and you've got a really good business plan and all that. So you really want to be focused on either if it's owner occupied, is my business showing enough money to make the payments, or if I'm buying an investment property, is, is, are the leases and the operating income enough to – Get me where I need to be. That's really what you have to be focused on. Good. Great answer. Excellent answer. All right, so um,
1: I think we're going to be cutting to break shortly. We've got to pay some bills, a couple bills at least. Not all. So this is Dave Sobel, uh, New Radio Media and uh, Real Estate Realities. We'll be right
4: back. Maple Lane Golf Club is a 54 hole golfing treasure located in the heart of Sterling Heights. Maple Lane Golf Club offers immaculate
2: greens top flight pro shop and inexpensive green fees. For convenience,
4: book your tee time online at MapleLaneGolf.com. Come out and enjoy a great golf experience. Try our nine and dine special, nine holes of golf, and enjoy food and refreshments in the Clubhouse Bistro. That's Maple Lane Golf Club in Sterling Heights. Check us out at MapleLaneGolf.com. At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online but don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous, they make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of seafoam fuel system treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Part City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need, when you need them. Surfing the internet can be good for your brain especially if you're getting up there in years. UCLA scientists say that the internet searching helps to stimulate your brain function by triggering centers in your brain that control decision-making and complex reasoning. In a study to be published in the American Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry, the researchers say that using the internet to seek out new information might stimulate the brain enough to sustain brain health and your cognitive ability. Before the computer age, the one activity that was linked to an active mind was solving crossword puzzles. The fact that even simple tasks like searching the internet might enhance your brain circuitry suggests that our brains are really sensitive to mental exercise and actually continue to learn as we grow older so using an internet search engine such as google produces the same brain activities as reading but it also increases activity in areas of your brain that control decision making and complex reasoning with another prescription for your health i'm dr jim bragman
0: Folks, we're back. Real Estate Realities, New Radio Media. I'm Dylan Tanaka. I'm here with Emil Israilov and my our, our co-host, the genius, as we like to call him, David Sobel. We have to get that in every every week.
1: You like to do that. I. That's why I only show up on Saturday morning. Right. You're a genius. I'm here.
0: We we have our special guest, Kevin Robbins, in studio talking about um, commercial financing. And uh, w- we should touch on the economy a little bit, how it how what it'll affect.
1: What does the economy have to do with any lending? I want <laughs> right, to know, especially if
0: you can find a building worth three, you're only paying two for. It. Right there, you go. So yeah, where do you th- where do you see things moving? I guess over the next quarter or six months.
3: Well, while the economy was moving along pretty sluggishly, commercial real estate prices were still going up pretty quickly. You had a lot of foreign money coming over, people just treating commercial real estate in the U.S. like a big savings account, mm-hmm. essentially. So that drove up prices quite a bit. And so at this point, you we've seen prices stabilizing. And as interest rates are are going up, the they have an effect on the cap rates for the property. So the cap rates are the net operating income divided by the value of the property or the purchase price. So in general, historically, lenders will look at, okay, what can I buy a treasury bond for? And then... How much would i need to add to take on the risk of a commercial property and there's a general spread there it fluctuates over time but it's 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 you know pretty consistent so if interest rates are moving up cap rates are moving up that means that people are demanding more income for that commercial real estate well how do you do that you either have your net operating income go up or you have your price come down to make that cap rate or some combination thereof so you know as we're in this rising rate environment uh it kind of remains to be seen what impact that's going to have on, on commercial real estate prices moving forward. Now, right now, we've seen the, the yield curve kind of flattening a little bit, where short-term rates have been going up and long-term rates have not as much, and that's not necessarily a, a good sign historically right. for for recessions. I think inverted yield curves are predicted every recession for the past 60 years, so um, – you know, and we're not there yet by yeah, any don't means. Don't be an alarmist there. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're we're very far from an inverted yeah. yield curve. It's just flattening a little bit. And so, you know, we're kind of watching all that in terms of commercial real estate prices and where those are going to be heading. So I sure. think that's that's yeah. the, the big impact that interest rates are having on our market right now.
2: Very, very, very true on the
3: residential end as
2: well. We've seen, you know, we used to have arm rates in the low to mid, you know, low threes. Now mid to high threes. Low fours for some of the yeah. longer term products. It's still a I mean, nowadays rate. it is a phenomenal rate. But nowadays, when it I'm when somebody's saying, "Hey, what's your ten year arm versus right. a 30 year fixed?" It's almost not. You know, the right. spread's not there. Right. I, I almost tell them yeah. take the security yeah. of the thirty sure. year fixed for sure, only difference right? you know, sure. for a small yeah. difference. And we've seen, you know, uh, Michigan Banker or the Mortgage Bankers Association, our national one of our national association groups, um, put out an article. The other day stating that, you know, 2019, late 2019, early 2020, they're seeing a trend right now that's going to transition from a seller's market to a buyer's market potentially, which means, you know, prices will be stabilizing a little more. They already have started. It's to. starting to
1: see that on the West Coast. I mean, I've been reading some articles related to exactly what you're saying. Yeah. And we don't see it here just yet. It's only slowed down because people, you know, have their kids back at school. Right. <laughs> that's the well, that's the analysis from right. Sobel. Well,
2: you know, you also have to see, you know, the property values here versus the property sure. values in the West right. Coast. Right. Right.
1: Still a lot of activity here, but you know, a lot of, uh, Kevin was just talking about international money, like China. A lot of, you know, I was dealing with a lot of Chinese investors for a while, and that slowed down actually in the past six months. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, our current administration and money coming in so
2: well you know kevin brought up a good point the demand for multifamily housing is way up you know apartments and that the demand for single-family housing is way up too and especially in that product of the elder you know the general the baby boomers downsizing and the millennials buying their first home they're competing for the same product right? right And there's not a. They don't want three thousand
0: feet. They want seventeen or whatever they that want 1700
2: number is. Seventeen hundred square feet. You know, and you know something smaller, and in the price range, and. There's now you got two huge demographics fighting right. for the same. Millennials are eventually. are more
0: than uh, baby boomers. They said by by number. I just read that. Everyone here probably
2: already knew that. But no, I think everybody thought the world was going to end. I don't care about <laughs> millennials. I don't do any business with millennials. Hey, I got a Normally. kid that's born. You'll be, you'll, you'll I know. Be like 10 years.
0: I'm getting ready. Ten Good years night. from now. I've got a
2: kid who's going to be celebrating his 18th birthday. Wow, on September 28th
1: congratulations millennial new years baby there you go. right the yeah.
2: hospital was packed people were waiting in they were on stretchers in the hallways wow. to deliver mm. it was so okay. that explains why there's so many of these kids out there sure <laughs>
1: So, you know what, we got a couple minutes left. I mean, we can change the topic a little bit. I always like to know what people are working on productivity wise. So, uh, we'll ask our guest today, you know, what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite app that you use for productivity or anything like that? Can you think of anything? I know that's kind of uh, out
3: of left field, but. Yeah, honestly, I really.
1: You have a smartphone, right?
3: I do have a smartphone, okay, yeah. Calculator. <laughs> every lender's I mean, favorite app is a calculator. Right, you know, that's right? the most important app on your phone. I mean I right? use Excel really for most everything, so yeah. I, I really don't have any yeah. any particular apps that I use for the for the business, honestly. You know,
1: I mean that's what I'm always asked for. Like in real estate, you know, what app are you using? Now? I use you
0: Tropical know? Smoothie Cafe app every day. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag when do we get some
1: free drinks here? What's that guy's <laughs> <name>? <laughs> really? What's that guy's name again? We won't even talk about it. Orlando.
0: No, oh, no, the owner. The remember? Yeah,
2: uh, the same as that guy that right. was uh, uh, Mike Rotondo. Mike Rotondo. Right. Mike Rotondo. Right. Mike Rotondo. Right. Yeah, you know,
1: surfer. Nancy. You know, shout out real quick to Nancy. Hope you're feeling better, Nancy. But uh, Nancy follows this Mike Rotondo. He was that uh, you know original slacker. He was a thirty-year-old thirty-year-old kid. kid. His parents were trying to evict him. Anyways, quick, how do we get in touch with you? Uh, Kevin, how does anybody get in touch with you regarding commercial lending?
3: Best way to reach you. Again, go on the website. All the contact information is on there. Okay. Uh, we've got an 800 number. Or what is the 800 number? 866-817-3332. Okay. And there's um, and it's my phone, my direct line, 239 935 9352. Okay. You have to think about that for a minute. Thanks, Kevin. We
1: appreciate you joining us. Emil, uh, have a great time up in uh, the Black Lake, Black Sea area. And Dylan, thanks for joining us again. Great information, always from Dylan. And uh, this is Dave Sobel. I'm going to sign us out. Real Estate Realities and New Radio Media. Have a great holiday weekend. Stay cool.